Hey everyone, grab your Bible, pen, journal, maybe even a cup of coffee, and I would like for you to write this down. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 8 through 13. So he got up and he ate and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. The word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his clothes over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and today is our last podcast of the season. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you can get notified when we release pop-up episodes throughout the summer. And be sure to check us out on Spotify. Today, Dot will be speaking about the lessons we can learn from Elijah. Let's jump into the conversation. Kara, today is our last um, podcast for a while. We'll be back, but we're breaking for the summer, and uh, it's been great. I know it's been fun doing it with you. I'll be kind of sad to not do it this summer, but we might have something up our sleeve soon Soon. uh, throughout the summer. Yeah, maybe some surprise episodes here and there throughout the summer. So yeah, we're really excited. I'm so thankful for everybody that's come in and has sent me texts or if I've been somewhere, they've walked up and said how much that the podcast has meant uh, to them. And I always say how thankful I am that I'm able to do it with you. And so Today, our last um, podcast is a very special podcast, actually, for me. The topic is about Elijah. Mm. And, you know, we study so many people in the Bible, the Bible characters, because there's just ways of seeing ourselves sometimes in uh, their lives and the circumstances are different, of course, and God uses them in different ways. And certainly, I mean, if they're in the Bible, you know, they're great, mighty people of God or they're people that... Uh, we're uh, loving God and serving God and then fall away. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess I, I kind of get excited. It's probably bad to say, but when uh, someone that's in the Bible, these big, you know, um, heroes of the faith and they fall and they get afraid and they uh, do things that, you know, really, instead of running to God, they run away from God. Mm-hmm. It makes them feel a little bit more human. It does make them, and we can relate to them. I think Mm -hmm. that one of the reasons that we really know that the word of God is inspired, because there's some things in here that if you were trying to sell God and uh, really try to encourage someone to be a follower of Jesus, there may not be some of these things that you would put in the story, but God always is very faithful to the truth of the story and what's going on. And as we look at the different details and stuff, it helps us to 
to really understand what it really means to be a follower of Jesus and how God is always pursuing us to have a relationship with him. And, and this is true with Elijah. You know, Elijah was a huge man of God. He was up there with Moses. Well, he, yeah, he didn't die. And he was one of the two people mm-hmm. who haven't died. That's right. And here he is, you know, he's dealt with these prophets of Baal and how that he called down fire for God to destroy Baal. And what the purpose of all that was, there was just a, a competition. Is Baal really, is these the gods of the Canaanites? Is this the true God or is the God of Elijah, is he the true one and only God? Uh, we know that he raised a widow's son from the dead. Like you said, you know, he went to heaven in a, in a whirlwind. Uh, Elijah was just a, a huge uh, man of God, and he saw God just do miracle after miracle. He uh, literally uh, brought a um, widow's son back from the dead. I mean, this is not just like this little guy that says, I love Jesus, and you know, or I'm following Jehovah. This was a, a man that was used by God in a mighty way to the people of the to the Israelites. I often have thought with his story in particular, how much we don't know, because I have thought based on what we do read, and especially the story that we'll talk about today with Elijah and for him to be one of two people who didn't die and he was taken up, that there had to have been so much more that he did and saw and experienced with God that we just don't know because of how unique and special it was that he was taken up. You know, like he had to have... I'm not saying he did a lot of important things, but I just have thought there had to have been so much more that we don't know that he did. Ironically, God buried Moses. Mm -hmm. And now Elijah is taken up Mm -hmm. in this chariot. So here's these two great mighty men that God used to deliver and to show his people, Mm -hmm. I am God. That was his whole purpose always. And it's same today i want you to know that i am god i am god there's only one true god worship only one god that's the message that god continues to tell us today as he did with the israelites and so that's kind of what happened is that um elijah was telling the israelites and telling the people that there's only one god he was in the midst of country he was in midst in the territory where there was worship of all gods Mm -hmm. and so we know that here is elijah and he is uh been known as you said he was known as a man of god that was he had such a reputation and so when he does this little trick about the fire coming down uh, jezebel who was a great worshiper of baal was so mad at elijah and she was going to kill him Mm -hmm. and word gets back to elijah that Jezebel's going to kill him. Which I do wonder too. I'm like, I can't imagine that this was the first time that Elijah's life was threatened. Oh, absolutely. So it's interesting, like why this time, you know? Well, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about because he was always running for his life. He was, God was always using him. I mean, to be around all of those prophets, 850 Canaanite prophets. I mean, he could have lost his life. Easy as one man. So you're right. I mean, it's not like this is the first time. So what were the steps? Why did Elijah, who is this great man of God, find himself running and scared and afraid? And so those are some of the things I want us to talk about, because I do believe that we find ourselves often in a place that we never thought we were going to be. Like what has caused us to 
be afraid? What's caused us to doubt God when we've seen God do miracles? I mean, even the fact if we had a salvation experience and know that God has forgiven us and we really begin to grow in our faith and we begin to read the Bible and all of God's words and stuff just pops out and our faith is just strong and we're so excited about God. And then circumstances happen and sometimes things begin to to work in such a way we start to call upon God and we feel that God is so far away. Mm -hmm. And so we want to talk about that. We don't go from the mountaintop to a deep cave in one step. There's, there's a pattern and here is Elijah. And as we begin to look in this life and as you're joining our conversation, I really would really highly suggest you go to first Kings and go through chapter 17 and through on to really look at the life of Elijah because you're going to see this great man of God and now he's afraid and he's about to enter into this cave. He feels alone. He's scared. Even though, as you've said, he was very strong, right. stood up. Which, and I would think, or I would say that it wasn't the fact that he feared, but it was how he responded to the fear. That's a good point because that's what has really happened. It's not fear that's the problem. If you hear that someone's going to kill you, it's just human right. to be afraid. <laughs> right. But what happened was he started listening to Jezebel's words. He started thinking about what Jezebel was saying. And before he'd always listened to what God said. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's a step we need to be very careful. When we start feeling ourselves of doubting God and being afraid of what might be, and we see our lives and we think, well, what if God doesn't come through? What, what's going to happen if what I fear really does happen? And we start to put those in our heads. And we've talked about renewing our minds and how we're very careful, be very careful what we say. Because Jezebel says, I'm telling you, so may the gods do to me. In other words, then kill me if I don't kill you. I'm going to kill you. And right. so he just hears those words, mm -hmm. but he stops listening to what God says. Right. Well, and I think it's this whole step or process of going from fear to running away. It's one of those things where I think it's in a split second, but it also is over time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of times a thought can come in and it can immediately make me feel, you know, like, oh my gosh, God's not going to come through or, you know, this is the worst thing's going to happen or this or that. And it like, that can happen so fast. But at the same time, there are times where it's over time. Mm -hmm. You know, you've been, I've been believing this accusation over time. And then the more you think, the more I think about it, the more this and that. And so it's funny. It's like, that's where it's, it can happen in a moment, mm -hmm. but it also happens over time. Over time. And, and I think that that's one of the first steps of being able to guard our minds. And we did talk about that in Philippians about how important it is to guard our mind. And we know what we think affects our emotions. And so he became afraid. And then he ran away and he started just running and he gets tired. He gets completely exhausted. And, you know, when you're afraid and you start doubting God and you're afraid that things aren't going to turn out the way that you think life should turn out or your worst nightmare has become reality, you don't sleep well and you're not eating well. And, and so another step for us to understand, and I want you to write that down. Remember this uh, path that, that Elijah goes to, we often travel it. Uh, we begin to, to listen to the words of other people and we begin to listen to sometimes our own accusations and our own lies. We have to be careful what we believe and careful what we think. And then we have to be careful physically, making sure that we're uh, getting rest and 
uh, taking care of ourselves. And so Elijah's running, he's tired, and he runs away, and God stops him, and he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? And he begins to feel sorry for himself. Mm-hmm. Now, isn't that the next step? We begin right, to like feel sorry. Me, yeah. You know, or, you know, God, you've answered everybody else's prayer. Mm-hmm. God, everybody else gets this. God, everybody else is married. Everybody else has got children. Everybody else seems to uh, not be worried about what's going on. Everybody else has a life. Everybody else, you've done so many things to everybody else. What, why are you not giving me what I've asked for? And here is Elijah. He says, I've, you know, I've been so, oh, I've been such a good Christian. He said, I've been zealous for you, God. And then I'm the only one left. And he begins to feel sorry for When he feels alone, you know, it's that, and I think that's another important thing and note is he, one, he is alone. I mean, he is physically alone, you know, in this cave that he's gone to. But he put himself. Right. If you right. look in those verses, verse three, where it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. And he left his servant there. And he himself went on a day's journey into the desert. So he's, he, he separates himself. And that's mm-hmm. what happens a lot of times. We start feeling sorry for mm-hmm. ourselves. We're tired, yeah. And we isolate ourselves. Yeah. And uh, those are some things that's very important. I mean, you just think about, how we've dealt with this year and a half of isolation and how people have been depressed. So when we find ourselves, when we're so um, dedicated and so faithful to the Lord that, and we see God do miracle after miracle, which Elijah did, he had his greatest victory. And right after that greatest victory became his greatest defeat. So we're sometimes set up because we're so trusting God. It's like Satan just wants to just make us be afraid and make Mm -hmm. us not trust God. And so these are some of the ways that uh, Satan does. He makes us afraid. We start, we forget to listen to the truth. Uh, We begin to run away from ourselves and our circumstances. We want to ignore them. We want to not believe. We don't want to acknowledge them. And he says to them, he said, to him twice why are you here and so you and i that's something we need to do we need to think about like when we begin to get afraid and we begin to not trust god and we begin to just want to isolate ourselves and we find ourselves depressed in a cave in a dark cave are we feeling sorry for ourselves are we listening to lies um, that's one of the huge things. He said, I've been such a good Christian. He becomes self-righteous. It's like God, now he's blaming God. Look mm-hmm. what I've done for you. I've been there. Yeah. Well, and I know I was just thinking like sometimes, you know, how he feels alone. Um, like sometimes what we think and how I'm feeling about a situation or, you know, feeling uh, maybe like Elijah is in this moment, I have to call a trusted voice, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, a lot of times that's you to say, okay, this is what I keep hearing, or this is what I'm thinking. Like, can you tell me the truth about mm-hmm. this? You know, like I, I know in my head, this probably is not true, but can you like, can you help me walk through this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's also the importance of not isolating ourselves or not um, putting ourselves in a cave. And we have to make sure that those people we talk to actually telling us the truth. Right. And yeah. They are like leading us. Someone who that we can trust that would do that. That's right. And so as he's running and he's afraid, he feels sorry for himself. He's feeling so self-righteous. He's done. He's such a good Christian and God's, you know, not been faithful to him, which he had been, but he's, you get, we get spiritual 
amnesia so often. We forget all the times that God has been faithful. So we have to be careful because we can find ourselves getting into that cave, that pit of self-pity, of, of feeling like God's just been uh, doing more for other people than they ever do for us. Or, just, you know, I'm just not good enough. I'm not just not that good enough Christian. And so we begin to feel sorry for ourselves about that. And that's what... Um, Elijah started doing but one of the things I want us to really concentrate on is he does get into uh, to the mountain and God begins to speak and you know Moses was there that's where God spoke to Moses and God says I want you to come out of that cave he said because I'm, I'm going to pass by and you know he said that to Moses as well mm-hmm. and God begins to speak to him and he asked him twice why are you here? And this is the thing that I think is important. A lot of times we want to ignore and blame others for why we're here. And he begins to say, well, I'm all along and I've already done, there's no one but me. And God says, Elijah, you're not, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. That's not true. And like you said, Kara, we need sometimes some people to say that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so one of the other things that I really want to talk about is how often we expect God to show up in an earthquake, a wind, and a fire. We are wanting a miracle. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get that miracle, we just assume God's not there. Yeah, I think one of the things that, for me, the one of the things that is the most interesting about this whole part is that Elijah didn't come out of the cave until after the whisper. Mm-hmm. I mean, God said, you know, I want you to come out and, you know, my pre- I want you to stand on the mountain and, you know, come out because the presence of the Lord's about to come by. But Elijah didn't come out. Until he heard the whisper. After God. the whisper, right. So he did the earthquake. God did all those things. And then, you know, in that in 13, Elijah heard it, wrapped himself and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, you know, after the voice. So I think that's interesting is God's not waiting for us to come out. He's calling us out. Mm-hmm. And that was going to be my next point. Because what's amazing is that when we're in this cave, this pit, this, you know, feeling sorry for ourselves, when life's not going the way we think it should, we never even think it's possible that God could speak in those times. We're waiting on those big mountaintop experiences. You know, when you go to camp, when you go to a retreat, or you're like, oh, God's going to speak to me. But God said, I'm not going to make that big sound. I don't look at me in that i'm going to whisper to you and it's like that sweetness it's like that tenderness but i want you to understand this baal was the god of the uh nature so what god said to elijah said elijah you you've been so concerned and you've been telling everybody that there's one true god and you're telling Baal, and he said i'm proving it to you I'm not the God of what everybody thinks and how God thinks. I am your personal God. And it's just amazing how that all of these huge miracles is the earthquake and the wind and fire. And we're just waiting on those mountaintop experiences. Which God did, you know, God still did those things. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the, it's like, it's not that God doesn't do that, but the whisper is. It's that intimate. mm -hmm. He's like, I am the real true God. They say Baal is in the earthquake and the wind and the fire, but I'm showing you I am the true one God. Mm -hmm. And that's the huge point. That's how you get out of the cave is your view of God. When we stop taking our eyes off ourselves and our circumstances and we begin to view and know that God is the God of miracles, yes, but he's also an intimate God. Mm -hmm. He's a God that wants to, to say, you know, 
what are you doing here, sweetie? Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. you know who I am? Don't you know how much I love you? Right. And it's not, you know, it's not denying those things. It's not denying that your child has died or that this horrible thing has happened or this person got cancer or whatever it is. It's not yeah. denying those things, but you know, like I, um, Elijah saying, you know, his people, the Israelites had forsaken the government. They had torn down the altars, you know, all these a lot of it's fact, and I think that's that twist where Satan does that. You're right, because what he was saying is, even though all the people around you, they're looking at thinking that that's the kind of God that there is. And the scripture tells us, he asked him twice, where mm -hmm. are you? Elijah, what are you doing here? And that's what he was doing. Be honest and be sincere. Don't say that, oh, I'm just here because, you know, uh, I'm running toward mm -hmm. you, God. But he's actually saying, I'm alone. I'm all by myself. And he was honest before God. Mm -hmm. That's the only way I know to get out of the cave. Mm -hmm. Just say, like, I hate it here. <laughs> I hate it here. Yes. Yeah. And, and God, I am in a situation right now that unless you come through, I'm done. And I need, you know, we may need a, a miracle. But the miracle is that God pulled him out of that darkness through a whisper. Mm -hmm. He's not trying to prove to Elijah that he's the God of the world. Mm -hmm. He's trying to show Elijah, I'm your God. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, the power of a whisper, you know, like God can pull us out of the cave. He can do the impossible with a whisper. You know, it mm -hmm. may not be the way we thought it might be. We might've thought it wasn't going to be in the earthquake, but then also he doesn't, God doesn't have to do. He made everything we see with a word so he can the draw, word. he can draw us out of the cave and with a word, he can change our circumstances with a word. He can, heal our heart with the word, you know, and that. he can do a soft word. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so often uh, we feel like, you know, when we're in the land of despair, that we've got to have God just to shake the world up and make it. And God is just saying, look, you're believing in lies. You think that you're the only one. And he says, there are 7,000 that have not bowed and eat. You're believing these lies and you're running and you're afraid. Remember who I am. And so even though this foul downward place where Elijah was going, he was alone, he was depressed, he felt abandoned, his emotions were going in every direction. He wanted the acceptance of others. He felt isolated. He had health issues. He was tired. He was prideful. Look what all I've done. Then he was ashamed. He said, I'm no better than anybody else. And then he becomes bitter. That's how we become to be honest about it. When we begin to say, and we start looking, am I just feeling so alone that God's not with me? Am I depressed? Am I feel abandoned? And as you begin to, to look at these things and, and where God says, Elijah, where are you? I'd say, Care, where are you? And you know, as you're listening to us, where are you in this? Do you feel abandoned and depressed and isolated? You're about to go into the cave of bitterness. What God wants to just whisper into your heart and into my heart is that you've got to change your view. Look, I am the God. I am the one true God. And I am the same God that um, will rescue you from this cave and from Jezebel's. I am the same God that can bring down fire wind. Mm -hmm. I mean, with that, it's, you know, what do you think God being like, what are you thinking of me? You know, like mm -hmm. where, like, where are you with me? You know? Cause sometimes I'm, I get mad at the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but you know, so I think those are the things like he can handle it. He can handle, you know, us saying whatever it is where we are. He already mm -hmm. knows. And, you know, I think that that's sometimes the bitterness of where we get, we're not 
only are we not bitter towards some other people or circumstances, but we're bitter toward God because we're where we are right now because we think God put us there. And I love the fact that what God said to Elijah, he said, Elijah, you're believing lies. Get out of the cave. He showed him who he was. And he says, go back where you are. Mm -hmm. And he said, go back doing what I called you to do. And, you know, so often we don't want to do that. We don't want to go back to those places. But sometimes we have to go back to those places feeling like, you know, a little bit of shame. But God wants to show us just how great he is, even in those places where we wish we were not. Mm -hmm. uh, places where we thought that we would never be, that we can see God still there, even in the midst of all of that. Well, so what about, I mean, sometimes we are in a place because of God, you know, sometimes he mm -hmm. has, you yes, know, yeah. allowed. Yeah. And I always think that no matter, I mean, we have our choices and we believe in the sovereignty of God, but I do believe that what we need to do is to learn from Elijah and learn how God worked in Elijah's life. I know we have to wrap up, but I think that one of the things that we have to do is just be honest before God and just say, here's where I am. God has said to Elijah, where are you? What, what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. and and then like you said you know just being honest sometimes we are at those places where we're there because of the choices that we made or we're there beyond our own control and we have to say you know what god i just need to focus on you and not my circumstances mm -hmm. one i think asking for help to do that mm -hmm. too and and calling upon him but what i love is how god just understood mm -hmm. and he said you know he gave him food he took care of him. He didn't, you know, spank his hand and say, why are you acting like this? He did ask him, where are you? Mm -hmm. But he loved him. And he said, I want you to go out because mm -hmm. I'm in the cave. I'm going to go out. I'm going to show you a miracle. Well, and he called him out. He didn't leave him there. And I think that that's the most important thing. The last place that God wants you and me to be is in the cave, mm -hmm. in the land of despair. And I think he'll do anything he has to to get us out as long as we're willing to listen. Mm -hmm. And to be able to say and be honest before God and say, God, this is where I am. This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. And I love the fact that when God began to whisper to Elijah, he covered his face. Mm -hmm. He was in awe of God. And I think it's not that Elijah was in awe of God because of the earthquake, the wind, and the fire, but that God loved him so much that he was tender toward him. Mm -hmm. He understood, but he was loved him too much to leave him in that cave. Yeah. And imagine how unworthy he must've felt Elijah, you know, mm -hmm. and it just goes to show us that God doesn't want us to focus on ourselves, but to focus on him. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're all capable of living in the land of despair. And God is capable of drawing us out of the dark cave and putting us on our feet, on a rock, on a mountain, and speaking to us. I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. We look forward to being with you again next time. Thanks for listening.